Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt, British host over here in the UK. Do not forget to follow me on Twitter. No Instagram, no TikTok, no, 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 on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Hit me up there, guys. As always, I am on Twitter 24 7 pretty much. Guys, welcome to the Wednesday episode of Locked On Marlins. There's been two games since the last episode. We've had a Jesus Lazardo start, and we've had a Sandy Alcantara start. The Marlins are sitting at 4-1 and one in this Grapefruit League. We've also had an episode of Swings and Mishes drop. And we've also had Dolphins Twitter going absolutely crazy. The Dolphins are making moves. Miami Sports, Florida Sports making moves. Love to see it. A lot going on for sure. I'm just going to dig into, particularly, let's start with the, the pitch inside today. And also, let's get into center field. There's news about Sixto Sanchez too. Uh, tons and tons of stuff going on, as you would expect, as we kind of ramp up through spring. Guys, let's go back to yesterday. Jesus Lazardo, the lizard. A lot of hype. A lot of hype around Jesus Lazardo. A lot of players hyping him. A lot of, I guess, people close to the Marlins hyping Jesus Lazardo. Craig Mish. I wouldn't say he was quite hyping Lazardo, but what he was saying is he's inked in as the fifth starter. <laughs> Absolutely inked in. Craig didn't sound fully enamored by it, but the knock-on effect is Eddie Cabrera, Edward Cabrera, unlikely to start at the major league level, will likely start at AAA, um, which I think was the most likely outcome. Clearly, guys, it's you know we assume everyone is healthy. We assume everyone's healthy. And thus far, everyone is. And with that being said, Jesus Lazardo going to be in that fifth spot, maybe the fourth spot. I don't know how they'll mix and match him, but the rotation looks to be locked in right now. So really interesting there. What did we see from Lazardo? We saw absolute gas. Gas from Lazardo touching 99. It was wonderful to see. Here's the main line for me. No walks. No walks for Jesus Lazardo. And for me... That was the real Achilles heel last year. Got himself in way too many jams, way too many walks. And listen, when you go onto Twitter, you've had a Jesus Lozado start. And what do you see? You see tons of pitching ninja videos knocking around about filth from Jesus Lozado. That says to me, well, to, to coin Kim Ang's phrase, we've turned a corner. <laughs> we've turned a corner. Mel Stottlemyre uh, messaged me at the back end of last year. And said he really likes uh, the, the future of Jesus Lozado. Really thinks there's a, there's a player to be had there. And I think we're starting maybe to see it uh, and flourishing. And how big would it be for the Marlins if Jesus Lozado, the fifth starter. Yeah, let's get that right. The fifth starter. If he can be pumping 99 and also working away into his other secondary pitches. Of which he's got, what, three or four of them? And, you know, you get a full season out of him. It would be a big, big win there, no doubt. When the Marlins made the move, moving Lozado for Marte, listen, we haven't really been able to replace Marte ever since. But nevertheless, if you come out of it with a two-month rental of Marte for, what, five years of Jesus Lozado, if he can really turn it on, I mean, that would be a sensational trade, no doubt about it. And i got to be honest, and listen, it was, it was TV, TV time for the Marlins yesterday, so we actually got to watch some Jesus Lozado, and it looked good. I enjoyed it. It looked good. Everything seemed to be working for him. No walks was the major thing for me. And I think as Marlins fans, we just have to be happy. What we're seeing out of Lozado, 
And like I said, if we can have a full year out of him, I think it would be a big, big win for these fish. No doubt about it. Rotation looking good. Just one other major, I guess, and major is probably overselling it, but one other note that came out recently, Nick Nider is, who obviously was, uh, he was in the fifth starter battle in 2021. Obviously, Trevor Rogers just cemented that place. But Nick Nider was definitely in the mix uh, going into 2021. The news has broken that Nick Nidert is transitioning full-time to the pen, which is interesting, and wouldn't shock me if Jordan Holloway goes exactly the same way. The Marlins, they haven't done anything really in terms of addressing or strengthening the pen. Maybe they're looking to transition some guys themselves, some guys already in, in the organization, Nick Nidert, uh, Jordan Holloway perhaps, uh, or we'll wait and see whether they go out there and, and get that big move done, but... Yeah, Nick Nider transitioning to the bullpen full-time. Wait to see what that means, whether he will have a chance to crack the 28-man the roster, I believe. I think they're starting with 28 men. Um, so maybe Nick becomes a, a good kind of middle-slash-long-relief dude out of the pen. And listen, at times we needed a lot of them. We, had, we needed a lot of innings from them guys last year. And they performed well, got to be honest. Like the... The long relief, middle relief dudes, they really did perform well last year. And Nick Nider, for sure, he has a role in that, you know, he has a spot in that role. I can certainly see that happening. Um, so that, that was the other news knocking around. We've also heard some other news about Sixto Sanchez. And he is, I believe, the first player to be optioned to AAA uh, from the, the spring training camp. Uh, so Sixto Sanchez optioned. No surprise, he obviously isn't throwing right now. So makes sense to... Uh, move and option Sixto down to AAA and he spoke with the media I believe today and addressed the fact that he's two weeks into a six-week program um, of non-throwing and so let's fast forward that is until this program ends that is the end of April for Sixto before he's even thinking about throwing from 22 and a half feet and then 30 feet so it's going to be a long old road for Sixto Sanchez this year we know that We've always felt that as soon as he was shut down. And for me, everything, and me and Sean spoke about it earlier in the week, everything's pointed to Sixto Sanchez not really playing a role or being part of the major league level Marlins anyway for, for 2022. Uh, interesting question knocking around as well today, uh, again, with the media side. Uh, Noah, uh, part of Fish Stripes, put on Twitter that he asked Sixto around uh, transitioning to a bullpen role. If the Marlins needed him, if he's back and healthy, could Sixto Sanchez do a job out of the pen? Come out there, maybe even in the closer role. Uh, and Sixto, I mean, it's the type of question that most players, most starters... And listen, let's not forget where Sixto Sanchez was in 2020. He was being absolutely hyped to death, me included. And people thought the sky was the limit with him. Most starters, and Sixto still absolutely should be a starter when asked that question, we'll give the stock answer. And he gave the stock answer, probably in Spanish, but to say, basically, if that if that's what the Marlins need from me, okay, but listen, I'm focused on starting and being a starter, and there's no surprise that he that he said that. So, yeah, some you know early kind of roster moves knocking around. Sixto option, Nicky Nidert moving away from, from starting and seeing if he can, he can really kind of make it as a reliever. Um, and, of course, we see a real nice start from Jesus Lozado, Sandy Alcantara goes today, and went today, sorry. And Sandy went another four innings. So Sandy is just racking up the innings. 
It was Sandy versus Soto part two. If you recall, five days ago, there was a, there was a great clip, great video actually, of, uh, of Sandy striking out Soto and Soto giving him the, the look. Well, today Soto got his own back and uh, tagged and tagged Sandy for a for a, I believe a home run to straightaway center. Um, that was the only run that that Sandy gave up. It was the only hit that he gave up. No walks, four Ks, one bomb. Sandy Alcantara threw eight innings thus far in spring, looking like the stud we know he is. Listen, Soto, dangerous, dangerous dude. Of course, I believe Soto. Just on on that note. I believe he settled arbitration at around about 17 million for this year. Um, so big, big number for Soto. <laughs> big number for the Marlins to take on in mid-season if indeed they uh, make that trade. We'll wait and see on that one. Uh, guys, tons of other news and notes to get into. Before we get there, it's time to tell you about our guys over at Built Bar, of course. And when are you going to try them? If you haven't tried them, when are you going to try them? When are you going to try these puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Can't speak again. They're fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite, mine included, with some incredible flavors. Cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So, so good. If you like what you're hearing, get yourselves over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15. 15% off, built.com. All right, guys. So, like I said, Sandy went today. The Marlins actually came back and got a win today. 3-2. Um, and the big knock coming from Gerard Encarnacion. A three RBI hit for him. And that is two big blasts from uh, Gerard Encarnacion uh, to get, get spring going. I don't think he's actually started any, any games. I think he's just been pinch hitting. Uh, but anyway, came and played in right field. Uh, the problem is for Encarnacion, he's fully blocked. I mentioned this the other day, but it's really nice to know from a Marlins perspective that if we need him, if we need this guy, I think, to me, the power is just is insane. I think he could be a decent hitter. I felt it back in 2020. Um, in I think in spring, he was looking lively in 2020. And I, I think there is a hitter there for sure. Like I said, he's on the 40, man. And so it's going to be kind of do or die for Encarnacion very soon before he, he's the type of guy that has to get waived if they indeed look to make some, some further roster moves. But nevertheless, he's having a nice spring in the limited opportunities he's having. Uh, just going back to yesterday's game, uh, there was a big, big spot in the game. The Marlins actually dropped it to the Cardinals. But there was a big, big spot. J.J. Blade came up with the bases juiced and the Marlins looking to do some serious damage. And unfortunately for J.J., it was a real, it was a, a, a pretty terrible at bat to be honest with you uh, it was a, his only at bat of the of the day and uh, was struck out leaving the bases juiced and it just it was not good he was yeah you know, he, he was swinging hard but yeah it was just an unfortunate uh, plate appearance from JJ Bloday a lot of hype uh, Eli from fish stripes or whoever was running the fish stripes account last night put up a body comparison from last spring to this spring and JJ Bloday is absolutely pumped no doubt about it um, but with that being said, he needs to be pumped in, <laughs> in the right way, not get overexcited, I think, at the plate. Uh, the bases were juiced and he looked a little bit eager. Other news yesterday, guys. Boy, oh boy, my heart was in my mouth. Jazz Chisholm taking a grounder to the hand, exits the game. All of a sudden, you're thinking, you see Marlon's Twitter, 
season's cooked, season's cooked if Jazz is down. The one thing I must say, this is the beautiful thing and, and this kind of set in, if Jazz went down for any sustained period, this year stepping into that role is Joey Wendell. And for me, that is the difference this year. I guess the question would be is what happens if, uh, if Wendell or Miggy then go down and that yeah, does uh, invite some interesting questions. But John Birdie's there. You know, John Birdie would kind of mop it up then as well. So that's the kind of, you've got some layers of major league level depth now this year. Should anything happen to Jazz, Miggy, obviously BA at third. So a scare for Jazz. He came out and said, listen, I'm day to day. Took one on the wrist or on the fingers. Um, but I'm feeling okay. If it, was, uh, if it was the regular season, I'd be playing the next day. Great news. Very scary moment in some ways that, that obviously, you know, Jazz getting hurt. Um, the other piece from yesterday too, Jesus Sanchez back in centre field. Jesus, I think to me, hearing again from Donny today, looks to be inked in to be playing centre field this year for the Marlins. And I just think it's going to be so intriguing. Craig talked about it yesterday on Swings and Mishes. The Marlins are effectively going with no centre fielder. And, you know, historically, traditionally in the game, you know, it's such an important role. And the Marlins are going to test the theory. <laughs> They're truly going to test the theory to work out, do you need do you need a glove in centre field or do you prioritise bats? And for an offence that has been in the bottom three for multiple years, perhaps, I think they have to look at things differently. They have to look through a different lens and look to just get some more runs. Runs win games and the bats need to be in the lineup. And if everyone is healthy, you know, that's the way to make it happen. Jesus in center, he's, more, he's the most mobile of the big bats. Clearly Soler, Avi Garcia, lacking mobility. Cooper Loop as well, lacking mobility. I think the lineup is really, it's really kind of coming together now. We're getting a real good sense, like what the Marlins are going to look like and how they're going to line up, I think. So really intriguing there. I think Jesus, you know, the proof, the proof will be in the pudding. Like we saw a few years ago, Jonathan Villar was transitioned into centre field for a couple of games. That experiment lasted, what, two games for Villar? I remember he botched and had a massive error as well in one of the first games of the year. And that was the end of that experiment. Uh, from what I saw from Jesus Sanchez last year, clearly he had that barehanded grab <laughs> where he just, he overrun it. So he, he made a mistake, he made an error, but he made up for it with... I guess some raw ability. Uh, having seen him in the outfield, he looks a bit shaky. It's fair to say. I, I'm. I'm not. It's not going to look smooth. Let's think back to Marte. All them grabs from Marte. You've had Mag Sierra out there. You've had Lewis Brinson. You've had Monte Harrison. All these dudes, legit gloves, no doubt about it. And I don't think Jesus Sanchez is a legit centre fielder. The Marlins are going to just see what they can do. I guess Craig Mish also mentioned. Let's not rule out that. The Marlins pull the trigger on something near opening day or just after opening day, maybe. Craig was alluding to the fact that some of these you know, teams that are still in tank mode, we can include the Pirates in that. We can include the Orioles uh, as well as some others, the A's particularly as well. They want to sell some tickets first. They want to get their tickets sold. They want the faces around. You know, If you're the Pirates and you've got a 30 million um, a roster right now, which is something like that, you know, you, you need to make sure you keep Reynolds to make sure those fans buy those season tickets. And maybe once they've bought those tickets, the cynic would say, maybe you go make that move with, with Reynolds. I don't know. Um, but, you know, he's, I thought it was a really interesting thought process that maybe nearer the time the Marlins pull the trigger. Right now, they're happy to roll with Jesus Sanchez in centre field by all accounts. 
We're not sure about the glove. I'm, you know, let's be honest. I'm Like I mentioned yesterday, I believe, it's no guarantee that Jesus Sanchez is going to be a, a major league above average hitter this year. I think we all just assume he's going to kick on and, and hit, hit 30 bombs and, and be you know, a 260 hitter. I'm not 100% sure. I'm 99% sure he's going to do that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens with Jesus there. But the, the, the roster is already, I guess with this short and spring, the roster is already starting to take shape. Starting to get a sense of who's going to be starting, where and when. Um, we haven't seen Soler yet, so we're looking forward to him making his debut. Um, guys, we'll round up shortly, but it's time for our final ad of the day. And it's a brand new ad. And it is our guys over at Athletics, Athletic Greens. Let me try and say that right. Our guys over at Athletic Greens. And I've they've sent me a ton of goodies. Yep, they've sent me tons and tons of stuff to test. So I've been getting into this. And starting to take Athletic Greens myself. This is a beautiful thing. I can now give you my first-hand experience. Firstly, what is it? Um, it's a delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, prior probiotics. Boy, I can't speak. And adaptogens. Bloody hell, they're getting a test of me here to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. All the things, baby. And I tell you, there's plenty of them that I need. Energy, <laughs> focus, aging. <laughs> there's tons of them why I'm getting into it. And I'm really excited to give it a try. I'll be, uh, I'll be sharing my thoughts specifically. But, um, you know, listen, there's tons of, of reasons to get into it. You know, it also supports better sleep quality and recovery. And for me, that's one thing I'm really focused in on. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're invested in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit and your beer habit, maybe your wine habit. I don't know. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's Athletic Greens. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap up now. Um, we've, we've covered a lot of ground in this one, and I, my timings have been slightly off. But you know, looking ahead, what have we got to come? Pablo Day goes tomorrow uh, against those Mets again, and it's also on TV. So we've got another televised one tomorrow with Pablo going. And just to call out as well, Paul Severino is joining the show tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to talking with Paul. Uh, likely to be a two or three part episode. Me and Paul, we like to go long with our conversations, no doubt. But Pablo Lopez going, we'll wait to see what the lineup is. Today's lineup was a little bit, let's say, uh, there was a few backups in there. I think that's the, the nice way of saying it. Brian Anderson was in there too. And, you know, Joey Wendell and... Um, Stallings was in there, but in the main, it was you know relatively the you know, guys on the fringe of the roster. Pablo goes on Thursday on TV, 10 past 10 UK time. Um, and then looking ahead, Friday will be an off day. And this is the funny thing, is the way Trevor Rogers' throwing schedule is lining up. Trevor Rogers has thrown on an off day uh, earlier last week and was on just basically throwing on backfields against maybe like AAA, AA. Uh, stand and the same has happened again this week so Trevor Rogers we're not going to actually see him in the first two I guess rotation cycles 
uh, for Trevor. Not sure if we're going to see him at all. Maybe the way the, the schedule shakes, there'll be, be no Trevor. But nevertheless, um, you know, we hope to see him soon. Um, and then we kind of get into the weekend's action with uh, another game against the, the Cardinals, clearly, and then the Astros as well on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, it was funny today. Sandy Alcantara going and, you know, no run support. Zero runs again for Sandy. The Marlins are in mid-season form already uh, on that front. But the final note, the final piece from, from the last couple of days, uh, if, if you haven't listened to Swings and Mishes, by the way, go and check it out. As always, Jeremy Tache and Craig Mish do a... A stunning job on that. And Craig called out Will Stewart. There's been rumors around Will Stewart, uh, part of the JT Riamuto trade with the Phillies, uh, potentially having a shot. So he's transitioned also to a reliever. I mentioned Nick Neidert's being uh, transitioned. Will Stewart also transitioned into a reliever. And there's a chance he can, I guess, make and crack the roster, potentially. Uh, whether it's the, uh, the opening day roster or whether it's uh, during the season, wait and see. But, you know, all of a sudden... Craig's talking about a bit of buzz on, on Will Stewart. And the other thing to call out as well from that, that same episode, and sorry to spoil the whole thing for you if you, if you haven't listened, um, but by all accounts, the AL team that, that Craig was alluding to, the Marlins were talking with in some detail, was the Blue Jays, and it was around Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, I know Kevin Barral was big on Teoscar Hernandez, thought that'd be a real nice fit for the Marlins. Um, clearly, the lockout came... And then as soon as that happened, the, the Blue Jays went bang, bang on some free agents. And that kind of ended that one. But I think it would have been a really intriguing fit. We were all making that, that connection. The Blue Jays needed pitching. A guy like Pablo could have been in the mix. You know, Pablo plus something else. Uh, Craig mentioned maybe even Brian Anderson for a Teoscar Hernandez, who, you know, let's be honest, he is he's definitely a power bat. Um, could probably fake it in center field and do okay. Would have been a good fit. I think that trade is probably dead and buried right now. But the thing is, it's still possible. If the Blue Jays want to kind of make that move, they could, and they could certainly do that. Uh, this is the point I made around there's no free agent pitchers available now. The starting pitchers are gone. So all of a sudden, teams that maybe have more money to spend can't spend it on pitching. So maybe they could make a move, bring in Pablo, um, you know, someone like that, you know, trade away Teoscar, and perhaps then they go out there and sign Michael Conforto, for example, to replace Teoscar Hernandez. So they invest their money, they get their pitcher, they move Teoscar. For me, I, I still wouldn't say that's completely dead. I'd say, you know, this, it's possible that still continues to rumble on. We'll wait and see on that one for sure. Um, but really intriguing. That name came out. He, he did, Craig talked about an AL team, the Marlins, and they were certainly you know, using um, some, some major league pieces to try and acquire um, a major league outfielder didn't happen we'll wait and see what happens in the future for sure but guys that is me done for today wednesday with locked on marlin signing out i'm back tomorrow of course don't forget to subscribe to the pod guys it's a daily pod i'm here every day sometimes on my own sometimes with guests and tomorrow i have a guest paul severino is in the house delighted to get paul in the mix really intrigued to get his take on the new rotation of uh, of analysts that will be joining in this season as well as his thoughts on the 2021 season itself and let's look ahead to this 2022 season. Guys, back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Speak soon.